Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bats. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. October 17th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Edge Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker and our producer, Justin Kalen, here on your Monday morning. Nick Roush is, I believe, at this very moment at the hospital, maybe at this very moment. Uh, in in the process of of having a little baby, but it did not. He no baby over the weekend. Oh, but I know I know as of uh, several hours ago, they were get picking up their bags and and at, at two in the morning, I think is when they made their way over to the hospital this morning. So uh, we'll give you updates if we have any, but it will just be TJ and Scoots for for today scooter how was your weekend how was your birthday weekend did you did you live it up large oh it was it was tremendous i got treated to a nice breakfast spread on saturday my mom and my sister cooked for me i told them you know i I gave them a very short list i said all i wanted was biscuits and gravy some sausage patties some crispy bacon and mimosas and they delivered not only did they deliver but they went far above and beyond what i was expecting so that was a great start to my saturday and then of course i had the sprint football game on saturday night uh midway not very good but the game was a lot of fun so yeah it was, it was a good weekend and then i had to get back to working yesterday which is never really all that fun but yeah overall great birthday weekend happy to be back for monday though so when you say Midway's not that, that their team's not that good. Oh no, no, not good at all. Oh, not good at all. They took they took a big fat L. Yeah, yeah. They were uh, they were playing a team that was came into the game averaging four points per game. They allowed them to score twenty seven. Ooh, yeah, not not great. Oh well, but you still had a good birthday, and that's most important. I did, I did. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Good, good. Well, that's what we that's what we like to hear. Uh, it was a 
busy sports weekend. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Big Blue Madness, which we got it. There's only so much you can do to preview a Big Blue Madness. So we did talk about it last week. We will talk about that today. Obviously, huge, huge college football Saturday with some really exciting finishes and some good games, including a Kentucky football win. Everybody, woo! Woo! All we had to do is get scoots off the bandwagon, and they're back to their winning ways. So I think we have cracked the code here, which is great news. But UK defeats Mississippi State in a somewhat dominant performance. Once you kind of piece everything together, UK was just a a much better team. An amazing defensive performance from the Cats. They're back. We'll talk about that for probably the bulk of today's show. And then we had a, a fun NFL Football Sunday, which we usually on Mondays kind of find ourselves talking NFL to start as we don't like to dive in head well, first into so, the into the into the into the biggest topics of the day. However, if we just want to skip NFL Sunday, I'm cool with that too. <laughs> I was I was about to say some of us had an, a fun NFL Sunday. I can't imagine yours was very fun. That was a joke. Like it, we it just it's really bad right now. Like Green Bay football is not good right now. And I, I think it can get better. I think it can bet. I think it can get better this season. But right now, it is just painful to watch. I mean, the defense isn't great, and they're not. And they should be a lot better with the talent they have. But the offense just cool. It all starts up front on the offensive line, and they can't get anything going. Rodgers doesn't have any time to throw. Doesn't have wide receivers really that can separate themselves. He's not having an amazing season even himself. And then. If the running backs can't get anywhere to run because the offense line is getting good push, doesn't really matter if you have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who are probably one of the better one-two running back combinations in the NFL. So it's just uh, it's a total and complete mess where things stand right now for the Packers. But, no, that was not fun at all. Uh, really embarrassing. Two straight weeks getting punked by by New York football teams. So, no, not enjoyable for for me, old scoots. But the, the Steelers. Yeah. Woo! I didn't, see that one. I didn't see that one coming. I don't know that anyone saw that coming, but it was the return of Mitchell Trubisky led us to the victory. How about that? <laughs> uh, he's he's back. It's it's a Mitchell Trubisky town now, huh? I I just I don't think Tampa Bay is very good, if we're being honest. I mean, I, I think that that much is obvious when you get beat by a lowly Steelers team, but I don't know. For three or four weeks now, I just have not been a Tampa believer. They're a different team. Yeah, the old quarterbacks in the NFL, or in the NFC, I should say. Don't seem to uh, to be on great teams this season, which did, is going to make the NFC pretty interesting. Seems like it's the Eagles' division to lose. Did you see Brady yelling at his team on the sideline? I did. He was really chewing out the offensive line. What did you think did about you, that? Did you hear what he said to them? No, I did not. <laughs> Something along the lines of, I didn't break up my family for us to be this bad. Come on. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was it, that wasn't the exact wording, but it was something along those lines. I didn't I didn't break up my family, ruin my life for this. <laughs> that seems like that would be like an Internet. Like, hey, this is that like we'll make up that that this is what he said. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been I, I could have got duped, but I, I got a nice chuckle when I read it last night. Yeah, maybe check your sources, but you could have gotten got. But if you didn't, then that's just incredible. Like that would be really <laughs> a, a funny thing to to say uh indiana they didn't win i don't think no they didn't no they played close though i did see it was a close game it was under 11 and a half which i had maryland minus 11 and a half so yeah 
Not mm. great. No, not at all. Did you uh, see? Not- did you see my picks from this weekend? Uh, I have not uh, double checked. I uh, went zero for three. I switched all my picks on Friday, and I went zero for three this weekend. Awesome. You faded yourself. If you had not faded yourself, you would have gone three and zero. Yeah, I've. Ne- I don't think I've ever had a three and zero week in our pick segment. So that was pretty embarrassing. Well, I had a a one and two week, so my my cold streak still continues. So, uh, dis- disappointing there, disappointing there for sure. Uh, all right, let's let's just go ahead and dive right on in. Normally, we like to ex- exchange pleasantries, talk about this, that, or the other. Uh, you're not a hot you're not a how you're not a hot D fan, House no. of the Dragon. No. So I, I can't I can't talk to you about that from last night. Solid episode. I kind of had I had a feeling it was going to be it was it was going to go down that way not be the most jam packed episode but really set up for an exciting season finale but you don't watch so I'm I'm talking to nobody here. Well, you're talking to some listeners that care. There there's probably a lot of non Game of Thrones fans that are like that's right TJ you're not talking to anybody just move <laughs> along buddy just move right on along. Uh, so so we will. Let, let's talk about this football game. We could spend a ton of time on it. The Thornton's text line, we want to hear from you, 502-414-1450. Uh, the first text from today's show, we obviously have a ton from this weekend, a lot from Saturday night, which are always fun, a lot from Sunday as well. Uh, but the first one from today just says, yeah, you got, you, Scooch got duped. <laughs> That's fair. That didn't take long. Yeah, I think that it, I feel like if that's really what he was saying, I probably would have seen it at some point. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I don't know that I saw it. I think my roommate may have told me that, but I was also pretty heavy on the splatty platties last night. Well, you were celebrating birthday weekend. That's right. You had to, you had to you had to get after it. Yeah, Scooch. One thing that I like about you, I think it's I think it's cute. Like you. you you get got on the internet like it's 2004. <laughs> you get got on the internet like you're my almost 70-year-old father. Like, you know, <laughs> you see you see one tweet, but you don't really click on the link, and you're just like, oh, well, I saw that, so, that such and such happened. It must be true. But the Brady thing, that would be electric if he said that. That'd be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I do get duped a lot. I'm like 33 stuck in a 66-year-old's body. Does that worry you at all? Like, there's a, you know, there, there's some days where I'll, I think a lot of people have something similar to this. I'm just trying to think of like a broad example. You're just at the office, you forget something. You're like, oh my gosh, how did I forget to do that? Oh man, that's embarrassing. And then you have to go through the, the, the new planning of trying to get this thing done that you've forgotten. But I'll, I'll, that will happen. And I'll think to myself, like, okay, well, you know, not a big deal, but like, gosh. If I'm forgetting stuff now, what's it going to be like in 20 or 30 years? Do you worry about like, oh no, when you're 60, you're just, you're going to get got left and right. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do the thing at work all the time where I'll like, I'm on a mission walking to somewhere and then I get to that place, say like the kitchen, for example, and I'll get in there and be like, why the hell did I come in here? And I'll have yeah. to go, I'll have to go all the way back to where I started. And I'm like, oh, that's why I went over there. So I end up just taking more steps than necessary because my brain doesn't want to work. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, the same way. I've had that happen to me as well. I seem to do that a lot too when I'm like organizing or cleaning because I'm very much like, well, I better do this now or I'll forget to do it. But then in the process of doing that, I'll forget what I was doing before I got sidetracked on like two different 
little projects. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm sick of seeing that shoe around here. I'll, I'll, I'll stop what I'm doing now, cleaning. I'll go take that shoe upstairs so I get it out of the way. And I'll come back downstairs and be like, all right, well, what was I doing before I got the shoe? Like, wh- where are we going here? And we're too young to be having that happen, Scoots. Obviously, true. now you're a year older, much older. What do you, what would you want to say your age? It's my Larry Legend year. Y'all wow. call me Legend Dingus. Wow, 33. It's, it's a big one. Well, you see, you've been driving for more than half your life now. How does that make you feel? Oh, my God. Let's not bring that up. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> uh, you remember how fun driving was when you first turned sixteen? Uh, yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, now I it's do. just now it's just like ho hum. I still have fun driving when you're running over shovels. <laughs> not, not when I'm running over shovels. Knock on wood, no car issues for you as of late. Oh, thanks, TJ. Appreciate that. I said knock on wood. I knocked on wood, but if it comes true, it's all you. It's not me, because I said knock on wood. So, at that point, nothing I can do. And it's off it, your back. Got exactly. It. <laughs> text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. It's our Thornton's text line. We love it. There's no better way to start your week. It may be a Monday, but Thornton's will get you all fired up and ready to go. Uh, I can I can almost guarantee you, Roush is going to have some Thornton stops over the next few days while he's in the hospital. Hey, honey, you mind if I just run out real quick to Thornton's? Hey, it's it's your it's your one stop shop for something like that uh, for a lot of things obviously but that's not one that I think they really market to is hey are you a new father in the hospital and you need all your goodies that would be the place to go they'd have yeah. coffee donuts snacks candy real substance food if you need that uh, and then of course in the mornings I love their bakery and their donuts and all the treats they have there but uh, it's a great spot you'll love it if you haven't been you'll be impressed by their selection go into a thornton's today if he had to go in at 2 30 a.m i guarantee he's pounding some coffee today oh yeah for sure yeah i, I don't i don't doubt that one second uh, i'll bet he but he's but he's anxious but he's excited uh but he's probably not currently listening to the show but if you are buddy good luck uh, and you've got this. Okay, so the Cats are playing. Scooch, were you able to watch the game on Saturday night? So, no, I did not get to watch any of it. However, coming back from Midway, I got to listen to the entire fourth quarter. So, seemed like it was in cruise control by that point. Although there were a couple tense moments in that fourth quarter where it looked like, or it sounded like Mississippi State was going to be able to come back. Um, but every time, it just seemed like the defense stepped up and made a stop. I had a, since you didn't ask how my weekend was, um, it was good. Thank you. Had a wedding Saturday, which always. Saw you golfed? uh, Yeah, golf Saturday morning, which was a really good time. Uh, Like my almost ideal weather. It was maybe just like slightly breezier than I would have preferred. But besides that, from a temperature standpoint, and like early on the first few holes, kind of a little chilly, little light jacket could do you well, or you could be without and maybe be a little chilly. And then once it heated up, I don't know, probably like mid to upper 60s, just perfect. Really, Wait, really nice. Did you have the thing in the mornings on the green where it, you got the line? You had the do. Yeah, a, l- a little bit. Um, just there, I, I know, do unrelated to. But it's just it's everything's been so dry. But once they did, once the dew was gone, scooch, which it happened quicker than I thought for us getting out there pretty early. Gosh, the greens were impossible. I imagine 
nice golf courses around town. The greens are just gnarly pretty much everywhere because you haven't gotten any rain. Yeah. Need some rain. I, I actually had a bonfire last night. I was worried about it. I was like, I don't know if I should be doing this because it was so dry out. But we yeah, got away with it. <laughs> Fingers crossed. It worked out this time. There's a lot of uh, a lot of places have burn bans right now where they're asking Correct. you not to make bonfires just because everything is so dry. Uh, and that was another thing. The course that I was playing as known for it, it's rough being really tough. And there were parts where the rough was still pretty tough, but it was so dry. Really wasn't that bad. The course yeah. played probably a little easier than it normally does with the conditions. Although, again, you had to pay for it on the greens because they were really, really gnarly. Uh, so, anyways, wedding Saturday night, which makes the UK game watching experience somewhat difficult. Obviously, you're not at the wedding to watch the game uh, before the wedding. Scoots, the the church was in Germantown, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with Germantown yeah, or not. I but, am. Yeah. There are a lot of businesses, a lot of restaurants, obviously, in Germantown. Um, so a few people before the wedding stopped in a bar and just was like, hey, we'll get a beer, then we'll head on over to the church, do the wedding, then go to the reception, bada boom, bada bing. During the time of sitting down and ordering a drink, an out-of-town guest uh, paid for his bill, and the just your normal pay for a bill transaction and somewhere along the way he's lost his card oh my like god it's they, they, not like they were there for like hours drinking closing tabs reopen it this was just a very simplistic transaction and so i'm i'm i know the guy i wasn't at the bar with them but i i ran into them as they left and realized they didn't have their card the wedding is about to start they couldn't hang out there too much longer and I'm, I'm like, so what? What happened? And it was like, I, we paid. They brought back the, the 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 card, or they brought back the little bill thing, you know, where you sign and you do the tip. And the card wasn't in there, so I figured they just forgot to put the card back. They told us that we did not forget to put the card back. The card was in there. That we must have grabbed it and put it somewhere we forgot. And then they were like, there was this guy sitting next to us, and he kept looking over at our table. So maybe he just swiped him when we weren't looking. And I was like, man, that'd be horrible luck. Just one, that's not a normal thing that happens at bars where cards just get taken. And two, just the the odds of being in that situation in that moment, how quickly all that must have happened. I was like, that seems almost too hard to believe that that would happen. And they were like, well, we didn't really have time to waste. We had to get going. And I, he canceled his card, um, which is pretty impressive to do it that quickly. Anyway, so the wedding ends, we're leaving, we're all walking to our cars to head over to the reception, and bartender runs out of this restaurant. They're like, any of you all with the, do you any of you all know this fella, blah, blah, oh blah? Oh my gosh. They're like, we have his card, and he, he, was, he was not a happy camper. I mean, what? Not, not a happy camper at all. Why would he not make more of a scene in the restaurant if he was that sure that he didn't get it back, you know? Well, because it was kind of, they, they told him that they gave it back. Like, you know, you could, they, he could tell them that they were mistaken. Like, Hey, no, you, you have our card. And they were like, no, we don't. We, I mean, we, they even like supposedly went around to the bar, the waitresses. And they were like, did anybody accidentally pick up this card? Uh, blah, blah, blah. And they all said, no. So I don't know how much more of a stink they actually could have made scoots. 
But well, so, I, I thought they maybe canceled the card a little early. It it doesn't sound like good practice on the restaurants part because restaurants more so than any other business is all about the customer's always right. So you, I just feel like you have to take that extra time and steps to figure out, Hey, did we actually give him his card back? And for your, for your buddy, I mean, if he knew he didn't get his card back, yeah. Like make them look around. Like, uh, can you just go check again? Because you never gave it back to me. Yeah. And I, and again, I don't know how much of a stink was made again. Time was of the essence in this situation. And secondly, I think they had come to grips with like, Oh, well, if they say they don't have it, then somebody must have swiped it. Somebody must have just grabbed it real quickly, which would make you want to cancel it sooner, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, there was a little part of me that was like, I would wait till after church, go in, just check in one more time. You sure you don't have a card there? And then if you don't have it at that point, then you're just done. And then they're out of town guests as well. So they would have been gone uh, to begin with. But Nope, a little card, a little card mistake. They end up getting the card back, but it was already canceled, so it was basically worthless at that point. Jeez. Mm-hmm. But those, I mean, one you, of those things. I, I do think the canceling the card was the right call, especially if you think it was swiped. Um, but now he's kind of up creek without a paddle. But if you give if you give somebody swiping your card a whole wedding to just go on a spending spree, you never know what you're going to come into after the wedding when you look at your account. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Uh, so, anyways, we go to the wedding, had a great time, everybody's having fun, uh, but it makes it a little bit difficult to be able to watch the game, so I went back on Sunday and watched it, but uh, there were people keeping tabs on it throughout the wedding, uh, but just a little veteran move that people may or may not know, just you, scoots in a situation like this, I'm, I'm sure you've been at a wedding where you've had your eyes on a game. I would, I would guess. Not sure. Not that I can recall. You don't go to a ton of weddings. I don't know. I don't have any friends. So, well, you, okay. You do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, they're all already married. So exactly. That's what, that's, that's what I was thinking. But, uh, and I'm, I'm at, I'm in the twilight of my wedding days, which it seems like over the last 10 years, I've been to a ton of weddings. So the old game, the old fall football Saturday wedding, you'll come across the examples of people having to watch on their phone from time to time. And there were people watching on their phone, but one, one veteran move is you got to make your presence known on the dance floor, be seen, be heard. And that way, if you slip off to watch a, a, a couple possessions off over at your table or af- over near one of the bars, then you're more incognito there. It's not, it's not as noticed if you're off to the side because people saw you making your mark on the dance floor scoots. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Hey, and I actually just thought about, so the last three weddings I've been to, actually, I've been the officiant, so that's why. But you're talking about the reception. Yeah, I just, I don't recall watching football during a wedding. I just don't. You're also an IU fan, though. Maybe you just didn't that's care true. to watch. Uh, you get, get, get beaten badly. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, that, that could always be the possibility. Uh, so anyway, so watching the game, I had to go back Sunday so I could get a better feel for all of it. But Gosh, uh, kind of seemed like a real roller coaster of a game there, Scoots. First half, it was more of what the hell is going on when I was watching in real time. Because again, hindsight's twenty twenty, so I try to put myself into reactions as the game was going on, and not when I was doing the second watch on Sunday. Because Sunday, I knew what was going to happen: the Cats were going to rock and roll to a win. But during that first half, Justin, I'm watching and I'm thinking to myself, like, here we go again. 
UK is going to squander what has been a great defensive performance, great playmaking from veteran guys on the defensive side of the ball, and they're going to they're going to ruin this by just doing silly things. The silliest of things not scoring points points on offense. So frustrating. It seemed like it was more of the same on that side of the ball. They, I, I, I like the aggressiveness. I like the play calling. I had a tweet on Saturday night that I'm, I I want to, the best tweets are the ones you have to explain, uh, which means I did a bad job constructing the, the tweet or constructing my thought. But I do want to at least touch on it a little bit because the difference that I had on Saturday in the first half is I didn't really there there were play calls I certainly disagreed with, but throughout the entire 60 minutes on Saturday, I thought it was a really good balance of when to run, when to pass, when to take some shots. I thought it was a well-called game from a running and passing ratio standpoint. I had some issues with specific play calls in specific situations. But I liked that they went for it on fourth down several times. I liked that they were they 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 took some shots at at some points and and they paid they they went they paid off in a big way. Uh, there was just some specific play calls that I didn't like, and I'll get to more of those. But at the end of the first half, I, I just a clinic in terrible play calling, like as bad as it could get. So when UK goes into the half 3-3, you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, you're, you're not losing. You didn't have a particularly great first half, but here you are tied, so it could be worse. But if you were anything like me, and again, let us know on the Thornton Stecks line, it almost felt like, a get, like here we go again. This one's going to slip away from you in the second half just because the offense cannot do anything to get pressure on Mississippi State where you're going to have the defense actually be rewarded for their performances. And nothing was more frustrating than that final possession where Kentucky settled for that field goal having, I don't know, nine seconds, nine seconds, one timeout, and you just settle for a field goal? Like that, even to this day, UK wins and we're all happy. And I'm, I'm I am, I'm super pumped up about it. But that was really, really bad. It wasn't Not fourth only, down. What's that? It wasn't fourth down. No, it was, they kicked the field goal on third down with nine seconds left. Gotcha. I mean, it's just, that's, I, I don't understand. That makes no sense to me. And then also to not call the timeout, they let nine seconds go off the clock. And then they call a timeout once they get lined up and they don't like what they see. It's just it's like they, they've got to be – and Stoops has unfortunately kind of a long history of some questionable end-of-half clock management. And Saturday was as bad as it's been. See, I don't – I mean, without seeing it, I don't know that I disagree with it the way you do, only because Kentucky's at home. I mean, on the road – I think you go for the for the touchdown there and play a little more aggressive. But at home, when you got the crowd behind you, I don't disagree with the decision to go for the tie and take it into half tide. You're kind of missing the point because, like, it wasn't. It's not that you shouldn't take the tie. You have third down with nine seconds left. That is enough time to run a play and even be short. And uh, they they had. I'm I'm fairly certain they had another timeout, but that was even enough time to. 
to run a play, be short, call a timeout, have three seconds left, and then kick the field goal if you want to kick the field goal there, Scoots. Where were they at on the field? They were at the nine-yard line. Okay. Yeah, I mean, even even if you don't have a timeout in that situation, you can still lob one up into the end zone and take the field goal. If it doesn't yeah. work out. So they okay. So they they did burn their they they were out of their timeouts. I need to clarify that because uh, there's a little miscommunication. There the the stat line on the on whatever on the ESPN app says differently. They were out of timeouts with nine seconds. So you could make a case. You couldn't take a sack. You couldn't be short of the end zone. You'd probably run out of time. You still theoretically could be short, line up quick enough and spike it, but you'd be really flirting with not getting that playoff. So I understand, don't be short of the end zone. One thing that nobody could argue with is you could take harmless shots to the end zone. You could have taken two if you wanted to, um, but definitely at least the one, without a doubt, the one. And throw it to the back of the end zone. Throw it to throw a fade where it's only either your receiver or the ball is going to go out of bounds. Throw, just see if you can get a slant route and see if Will Levis can just rocket fire it in. We know that he can throw the ball really hard. That was bad. Ended up not being the end of the world. Kentucky settles for the three. It seemed like they were pretty convinced they were going to get three on that series anyways. I would have just taken one more chance at it. And heading into halftime, I was frustrated. I was frustrated with that. I was frustrated with the game. Kentucky even got a penalty on that field goal. People forget that, and they just like, so they could have moved a little bit closer, Scoots, and and had another third down if they wanted to, and another play. Once again, they elected no. We're good. We're just going to take the three points. Um, I just thought that that was bad. I'm glad it ended up not mattering. I'm glad it ended up not costing UK the game. But that that I, I didn't think that that was good play calling all around in a game that actually was happy with the play calling but that was a bad that was a bad stretch right there to end the half I mean with zero points on the board though without watching that first half tells me that Mississippi State's defense was playing pretty good so that to me is another reason to go for the go for the field goal get the points let's go into the halftime break let's reset come out reevaluate our game plan and and kick their ass yeah again it's not that I mind settling for the field goal I mind just not using a free play yeah I get it. That's my issue. No timeout there, so you couldn't take a sack, but you you didn't need to. You have Will Levis. Tell him not to hold on to the ball. It would be a one-option read. If it's not there, throw it out of the back of the end zone. Boom. That easy. If it is there, try to put it on the money, but even put it. make sure you know you're, you don't underthrow it. It's that, it's that simple. But anyway, so Kentucky goes to the half, and you're thinking to yourself, defense playing well. If offense can wake up, maybe you've got a chance. But if not, ooh, then it starts, Scoots. And we need to go to a break, so this may be a good stopping point as we are recapping Kentucky's win on Saturday because UK comes out, moves the ball to start the second half, but a Will Levis injury, doo, 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 which makes everybody just think that UK's got no chance if he is, is done. So let's hit our first break. We're going long. Get your text into the Thornton's text line. We'll come back, recap the second half where UK starts to cruise a little bit. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker,
Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 AM. It's TJ Walker and the Justin Kalen Show on your Monday morning. Nick Roush is going to have a baby. We're going to have some special guests lined up for you while Roush is out on fraternity leave, uh, rushing all those fraternities. And we'll have a good time. I think we'll have some Big Blue Drew on, Matt Sachs, some other special guests. We'll try to see if UK will let us have any coaches or players on. Always fun when they say yes to that, but never necessarily a guarantee. But we do appreciate you listening. And the show must go on, even without Nick Roush, as he is uh, continuing to build his family. How exciting, Scoots. It is exciting. Yeah. It really is. So uh, we're thinking of him. If, again, we have any updates, we'll be sure to pass them along we want to pass along your thoughts your 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 comments your concerns 502-414-1450 on the thornton's text line we're just rolling through the kentucky mississippi state game and colossal win for uk much needed we're kind of just going through our thoughts as the game progressed and made it through the first half and things get a little bit more fun for UK in the second half. But just big picture, it was a much, much needed win. Uh, Roush has been talking about a theory that I've been thinking about for a couple decades now, that UK wins when I'm not in attendance. Sure enough, Saturday night, I'm not in the attendance at uh, in the Krogue. We gave away tickets on Big Exports Radio last week, which was, uh, I hope, I believe our ticket winner was there from what I was told and seemingly had a good time. So uh, that was really, really exciting. But I was told the atmosphere was great. Uh, I was told it was a lot like the South Carolina one, which was great to start the game. And then UK had nothing to get excited about or cheer about. And the atmosphere obviously wasn't as good as the game progressed. I was told it was kind of a, a... the opposite. The atmosphere was good to start, but I think fans were a little snake bit from last Saturday, not really knowing to expect from the Cats. But as the game progressed, and especially in the second half, it turned into a to a fun house, and people were just going certified bonkers. Was the way it was described to me. So, uh, good stuff from from the fans at UK. The team, I think, really needed a big atmosphere to get back on track and. We're going to talk more X's and O's and get into this game. But I think big picture, I think folks can exhale. This is assuming that Will Levis can get healthy. Uh, This team can get healthy. This bye week could quite literally not come out a better time. But we'll, we'll get to that as the show goes on. But you look at the rest of the schedule... Yeah, you have two two games against top five teams. Makes it a top three teams, I guess. That makes uh, for a pretty difficult schedule. But one, I like the way the Tennessee game sets up for Kentucky if UK's healthy, a.k.a. if Will Levis is healthy. And two, are we so sure that UK can't go toe-to-toe with Georgia in the Krogue? The SEC kind of seems it's a little weird this year. Again, Georgia's rightfully so going to be favorite. But I don't think it'd be the shockiest thing in the world to see UK play play them close. Missouri played them close. And then that road game at Missouri, I think, okay, just take care of business. You should be all right. UK will beat Vanderbilt. And if nothing else, I still think people have some question marks about this UK offense, rightfully so, with the offensive line, which was I thought played really well. But you know, you're still going to have some question marks about this team. 
if nothing else, I think you saw enough on Saturday to know, like, all right, UK can just hand the ball off to Chris Rodriguez, probably beat U of L by 20 plus. At least we don't really have to worry about that game. Because I'm going to be totally honest with you. After the South Carolina game, not that I thought that UK would lose to Louisville or anything along those lines, but I did think like, hey, for the first time probably since this game's going to be the closest it's been, UK, UofL, that it's been in several years, which isn't really saying much when it's been like 35-point beatdowns. But having South Carolina come into your own stadium and kind of punk you, it'll make a man think. And I I was in a little bit of a bad spot after the South Carolina loss. So uh, the, the win against Mississippi State allows me to do a ginormous exhale. Yeah, and that's what I'm sitting here thinking. That's, that is what a win does, not only for a program, but for the fan base as well, as you've completely done a 180 from where you were at the start of last week. So that that's good that Kentucky was able to get that win and, and get the fan base back on their side and, and have hope for the season moving forward again, which after that South Carolina game seemed like all hope was lost. So, yes, uh, for, for sure. It was just, it was kind of nothing really worked in that South Carolina game. UK couldn't get anything going on the ground. Obviously you had a backup quarterback. You thought that that was going to be challenging. It was, and uh, you just needed to kind of see the identity that has been a Mark Stoops UK football team reemerge and it did they were tough the defense was really good the offense when when nothing else really seemed to work they were able to hand the ball off to number 24 for some positive success and that's where we picked up picked up well, that's where we will pick up when detailing Saturday's game UK starts the half they come down they get another field goal whatever uh, my thought process at that time was eh, probably gonna have to find the end zone at some point in here but we'll we'll take any points you can get and then mississippi state comes back scoots and they go the length of the field 75 yards it took them just about three minutes it seemed quicker when watching on tv and they score a touchdown on a fourth down play that i thought uk defended pretty well but in football, it can just be one player being a step slow, a step behind. It was Asian in this one, and Mississippi State scores the touchdown on fourth down to go up 10-6. to six. We knew that UK needed a response. Didn't know exactly what a response was going to look like, but we knew that UK was going to need a response. And it was – can I read the play, Can I read the drive chart for you on this one? Yeah, Scoot? absolutely. Okay. Chris Rodriguez, Jr., run. Chris for 10 yards. Chris Rodriguez Jr. run for 8 yards. Chris Rodriguez Jr. runs for 3 yards. Chris Rodriguez Jr. runs for 47 yards. Chris Rodriguez Jr. runs for 2 yards. Chris Rodriguez Jr. runs for 4 yards. Chris Rodriguez Jr. runs for a loss of 1 yard. But that put up that brought up a fourth and goal at the 3-yard line. They were they wanted C Rodgers to have that whole drive scoots. And why not? That 47-yard run was huge. Uh, he doesn't have maybe the best breakaway speed, but I don't think he's slow by any means, but he wasn't, he was able to get behind the defense, but got tracked down because he's a bigger guy. They wanted him to, they wanted it, it to be the Chris Rodriguez show, but on fourth down, which I love the fourth down play calling with one exception, which everybody knows what I'm talking about with that one exception. I love the aggressiveness to go forward on fourth down. That's what was kind of confusing at times. The decision not to, run one more play there at the end of the first half, but going forward on fourth down deep in your own territory, going forward on fourth down on the three-yard line. They go for it here. They take it out of Chris Rodriguez's hands, 
which if UK doesn't score on this play, you know people are going to second-guess Scoots. You know people are going to say, why would you not give him the ball? Anyways, Will Levis makes a great pass to Rashawn Lewis, and the Caps score. The exact response UK needed from its offense for the first time the entire game, they answered the call, and it was just such a heavy dose of Chris Rodriguez, Scoots. This guy needs to be getting the ball an absolute ton. And the reason that I brought up the schedule is so I could make comments like this when talking about the game. That's why that Tennessee game, if Will Levis can be healthy, as healthy as he can, because that dude is banged up to Bolivia right now, if you can control the clock, maybe keep Tennessee off the field, give Chris Rodriguez a ton of carries, let him do his thing, you never know. Have that be a game in the fourth quarter. Weird things happen. The ball can bounce a weird way. But I absolutely love seeing that drive. Chris Rodriguez was the star of it, obviously. And it, it totally erased Mississippi State's one, really for the entire game, one good drive. They go out there. They march right down. They hadn't had any success against UK's defense for the duration of that entire game. And they come down and they make it look easy to start the second half. That's a scripted drive. This is what... This is why these coaches get paid the big bucks. They get into the locker room and they say, hey, we think this can work, and then we're going to mix it in with this. We're going to mix it in with that. And it worked for Mississippi State. But what does UK do? They respond, and Mississippi State's offense doesn't have success the rest of the game. Uh, Kentucky comes back, doesn't force a three and out. Mississippi State's able to get one first down, but then it's a punt. UK gets the ball back again, scoots. And this one, they give Chris Rodriguez a little bit of a break to start the drive, and then they mix him in with Jatan McLean. But eventually it ends with a Chris Rodriguez touchdown, a 16-yard run. Everybody can see 24 starting to, to cook. And then it's Kentucky's up 10 at that point. The defense forces another three and out. You're just rocking and rolling. The defense is formed back in, and you can start to sense it. that like, oh, crap, Kentucky's going to win this game because Kentucky's just a better football team. You're feeling good about it. Then, then a not-so-good play. UK's got this game on ice. They're trying to close it out themselves. One first down probably wins it, Scoots. Or you feel really good about winning it. Fourth and two. A pick six. Please tell me you saw that play. I heard that play, yeah. Yeah, well, you, I, I, gosh, I would almost like to hear Leach's audio call of that. Was it just like oh, it, it was very downtrodden? Like it's a, disaster. it's intercepted, and that's gonna be a pick six. And like yeah, it, it was, he was very downtrodden in that call. Will Levis was the only person that could have had a chance to track down the Mississippi State uh, defensive back, but the defensive back was starting with a running start starting for the end zone, Will Levis, who was already much slower than this player to begin with, was just standing still. So there was literally no chance in France he was going to be able to track him down and and make the tackle. So yeah, it, it, as soon as the pass was caught and you realized what was happening, you knew it was a touchdown for Mississippi State. That was a bad play call. And the tweet that I had was complimentary of UK's play calling. And as I mentioned in the first segment, I did have some issues with specific play calls especially that one like on if you're going to go for it on fourth down which i i've complimented them all day for their aggressiveness on saturday and i stand by that i like that i like the decision to go for it on fourth down up 10 you get a first down you control the game your running game starting to click 
you you could milk the clock. So I love the decision to go for it, but I don't like the one option on on that play. I don't like if it's not there. If, if it's not if Mississippi State plays that play good above average to good, then it's an incompletion and you don't get the first down. If Mississippi State just plays that play above average to good, potentially UK catches the ball and you're still tackled short of the first down. You're just you're you're allowing Mississippi State to kind of control what they do. And all you're really doing is saying, hey, catch the ball. If Mississippi State's slightly out of position, we can fall forward for two yards, get the first down. But you're putting two you're taking the aggressive play call and you're being the one not being aggressive. It you're you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot, is what I'm mm-hmm. getting at here. And so I, I hated that. And then if Mississippi State plays that play, great. If they know what's coming and they do what they're supposed to do, which is exactly what happens, then you get the worst-case scenario aspect to the play, which was exactly what ended up happening, a pick six, which takes a game that looks like it's on ice, and instead you're going to have to go sweat it out. But UK ended ended up working out for UK. We're going to get into some of the final play calls. Uh, UK putting Chris Rodriguez at fullback on that fourth down play call late in the game, which was just your final one to ice it. That was a genius play call. I love that. I'd love to see more of that. Uh, Mississippi State was not ready for it, and on another fourth down, UK was able to get it. But on that one specific one, Scoots, it was it was not not what we were looking for. So all in all, you just wanted to see more aggressiveness throughout the entirety of the game. Well, I thought they did a good job being aggressive. I just, on that one play call, I don't like it's It's a one-and-done fourth down. It's either Chauncey Magwood is open, can make the catch, fall forward for two yards or three yards, and you get the first down. But if it's not there, it's a turnover on downs. If it's not there, potentially it's a pick six, which has ended up happening. It's just you were literally just, hey, we're looking at that one play. We're looking at that one player. And, again, Mississippi State got to dictate if they played that play well, it wasn't going to be a first down. So I hated that one specific play call. But I like UK's aggressiveness. I like the going forward on fourth downs. I like the shots that they took when they took the shot. I thought there was some creative play calling, as I mentioned, with the Chris Rodriguez lining him up at fullback. But that was a really, really bad mistake there on the pick six. And UK gets away with it, and you're able to still come away with the win. But that was... That was a really bad play call, uh, and it nearly cost Kentucky. Not ended up, again, not mattering. UK comes back with another really impressive drive. I was really impressed with the offense in the second half for the most part. A lot of big play calls. When you needed UK to answer, they were able to answer, and uh, that that made me happy to see. It gives you confidence moving forward that if UK can stay healthy, maybe this offense, again, we haven't seen it at its best, maybe they've got more to show, Scoots. People have said all year long that Will Levis is the best player for Kentucky. Did that switch to Chris Rodriguez on Saturday? Best is uh, certainly subjective, but I I do think, I I think, I don't know. You need both of them. You need, you need a little bit of both of them being totally honest, because I think if you had Chris Rodriguez without Will Levis, I don't think people are going to really like what, what that looks like. We saw a little bit of that against South Carolina. It wasn't pretty. Um, but if you have Will Levis without Chris Rodriguez, we saw that the first few weeks of the season, and we had some major question marks. I like these two guys together. We haven't gotten to see nearly enough of it this season. 
but hopefully both can stay healthy. Hopefully this Will Levis shoulder injury is not anything overly serious. Uh, he was able to come back into the game, but he was able to come back in the game against Ole Miss, and he still had to miss against South Carolina, obviously unrelated injuries. But the dude is banged up. What I do know about both of them, whether who's better, who needs, who's more important, it, UK, I think, desperately needs both of them to have any sort of offensive attack, but they're both just so tough. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll miss these guys big time. I, that's not a surprise to anybody. Uh, they're both all SEC players, uh, so not surprising saying that, but they're just such tough football players. They get hit, they play hurt, and they seem pretty selfless in terms of I think they really do all they care about is just winning. Forget about their own personal accolades. Uh, I think all they care about is winning. So fun to watch. Uh, we were anticipating an entire season of those two being going to war every Saturday. We ended up not mm-hmm. getting that. But with what's left of the season, probably not the dream season we were all hoping for a few weeks ago. But you get a chance to up in Tennessee season. You get a chance for what would be a colossal Georgia win at home. So there's still some really fun opportunities on the schedule, and you could still play for an Outback Bowl, or you could still potentially get New Year's Six if things really, really go your way. That's kind of dreaming big, but not totally impossible. A lot still on the plate for Kentucky football. Let's end Hour 1 here, Scoots. We'll come back. Hour 2, we'll get into the Thornton's text line. We'll need to talk a little bit about Big Blue Madness from Friday. UK basketball gets a huge commitment, which I'm very, very excited to talk about. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. I know. It seems like three weeks ago, Friday night, doesn't it? When you have such a big college football slate. So we'll come back. We'll talk about all those things. Don't go anywhere. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, TJ Walker and Justin Kalen. Nick Roush, you're going to hear me say this a lot over the next uh, several days, but he will be out. He is having another kid, and then once the kid arrives, he's going to help out with that kid. We'll not be doing radio. So we'll miss him, but the show must go on. So it's TJ and Scoots. We go 7 to 9, replay the show 9 to 11. You can get Kentucky Roll Call wherever you listen to Big X Sports Radio. You can ask Siri or Alexa to play Big X Sports Radio. You can search Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcast. Plenty of ways to listen to the show. We always appreciate you all telling your friends about, hey, there's this uh, other radio show about UK sports. Not sure if you've heard of it. Kentucky Roll Call. Word of mouth. Good way to promote. Pass on the show. Scoots, we finally had to throw away our Salsaritas catering after about a week. Uh, (laughs) I, I was picking at those chips for pretty much daily. So probably, uh, I hated saying goodbye to them, but we finally had to get rid of it. Just remember, when you order Salsaritas Catering, you are getting bang for your buck. You're getting a ton of food at affordable price, and they make it incredibly easy for you. So if you've got anything this weekend that is cater-worthy, or anything during the week, maybe high school banquet or something along those lines. No parties too big, 
No parties too small for Salsaritas. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Check them out today. Download the Salsaritas app. You can do it all online right from the touch of your fingertips. I need to figure out which one's closest to the new hotel now. Because the Middletown one was closer to me. I think I might be closer to St. Matthews now. Hmm. Trying to think. I still think you're probably Middletown. Maybe so. But it's a little further of a drive. Not ideal. Yeah, I mean you're 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 in between both, so you can you can go either one. If you're in the mood just going for the drive through, go Middletown. If you want to sit down, let your hair down a little bit, go to St. Matthews. All right. You've got some options. I do. I like options. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. This hour we're going to get more into the text line. We'll talk a little basketball, but let's at least start it off here. Scoots, Aaron Bradshaw commits to Kentucky at Big Blue Madness. I don't know how much we'll get into Big Blue Madness. Like, are we going to spend five minutes on it? Are we going to spend two minutes on it? Are we going to spend ten minutes on it? I mean, there's but, only so much you can say. There, you're, you're spot on, Scoots. You're, you're exactly right about that. But once that happened, and I don't know, it was around like, seemed like it was 6.30 on Friday. I had the mindset, whatever else happens at Big Blue Madness, whether it's the best Big Blue Madness ever, whether it's the worst, who cares? This made it. This made it. This made Big Blue Madness worth it. They have big, like, it's, anything else is just a cherry on top of this Big Blue Madness Sunday. You get a commitment from somebody that played their way into the conversation of being one of the number one players in the class throughout the summer. That's a huge deal. I mean, it, it I think we're all spoiled to some degree, and I think we take this recruiting for granted again. What what can you do about it? That's sports. It happens. You get excited about it. I'm not saying people need to like pay tribute or do anything along those lines, but we do take it for granted a little bit. So regardless of if it was a good Big Blue Madness or a bad Big Blue Madness, the fact that you got a commitment from Bradshaw was was a was a monster was a monster coup on Friday night. So starters with that, that's a huge deal. Uh, I, I don't know if they just needed to get the family on campus, and once they were there, they knew that they wanted to commit. I don't know if they needed some insurances regarding Oscar. or I, 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 don't, I don't know exactly what they needed. But once they arrived with the family, they knew it was where they wanted to be. They go ahead and commit. The monster class, debatably the best class in the history of college basketball recruiting, it continues. You're now looking, you have what, four top 10 guys? Yeah. You got Edwards, Dillingham. Uh, now you had Bradshaw, and you're going to add DJ Wagner, all things considered. So you're off to an amazing start. It's already, or it's only, it's not even November yet. And uh, just a, a hats off to this recruiting job that the, the staff has done. Roush and I talked about it last week. Just how we were a little surprised how good it's been, but um, that that was a big time addition. So he's a great player. If you are looking for a scouting report, I'm sure other websites that cover recruiting a little bit more have more thorough scouting reports. But he's a he's a versatile four, can play the five if needed. He can shoot. He can spread the floor. I look at this as John Calipari's take two with like a Scalabissier player. And I think Bradshaw is a lot more aggressive and hungry on the defensive end, which Scal kind of 
shied away from contact and physical play. So I do think Bradshaw will be a much better college player. But this is another chance for Calipari to have a offensively gifted big. Let's see how he uses him. Let's yeah. see how he plays, how how, how exactly he's going to play. Because um, it didn't really work out too great with Scal during his time at Kentucky. But they eventually kind of figured out how to play him. Scal started to play better. The team, for the most part, started to play better. Uh, but this this is a play. This is a type of big that Cal hasn't always been overly successful with. It, Bradshaw seemed like one of those guys throughout this whole commitment that he was gonna eventually come to Kentucky. We just didn't know when. So the surprise of Friday just made it that much better, right? Yeah, and again, we uh, like I, if you had to, if we had to guess, I, we thought that he was gonna pick Kentucky. I did. I will say during the recruitment, like when it seemed like he was a lock for UK around Peach Jam, and then all the momentum just stopped, and you started hearing about pro options. I did think like, okay, not nor you don't you normally don't have all this momentum, and then it goes literally the other way, and then it comes back to where it ends up. So I, once it kind of cooled off between UK and Bradshaw, I didn't I didn't know what the dealio was, but then UK started to pick up more momentum over the last few weeks and. Yeah, the timing of it certainly was a surprise, but still a a, a big time get. And I think some people were thinking, oh, so is Wagner going to be next? Like, is he going to do it at Big Blue Madness? Is he going to do it the the following day? Is it going to be this weekend as well? No commitment from DJ Wagner yet, but Scooch, we did. This is this was exciting. We did get a crystal ball pick from Travis Branham for DJ Wagner to Kentucky. To Kentucky. Yes, he made a lot of waves over the summer when he made a crystal ball pick. He changed it from Kentucky to Louisville, which obviously that was a big deal. People were, UofL fans were super pumped up about it, ordered a lot obnoxious about it. Then months go by, Travis Branham switched his crystal ball pick from Louisville, I think, to Cloudy, just basically saying like, hey, I'm not exactly sure what's going on here. A lot of people thought that that was his way of just kind of being like, okay, I messed up on the Louisville pick. Let me just say it's cloudy, although we all know he's going to Kentucky. But sure enough, a couple weeks after the cloudy prediction, he made he he, he he's back to Kentucky. He I mean, thinks that he thinks that uh, like everybody else, he thinks DJ Wagner will be a Kentucky Wildcat. That's that's what I was gonna say. Welcome to the party, Travis. Welcome to the party. However, he did. He did take a shot. There was a recruiting fight. Oh? Did you see this? Did you hear about this? No. No. Let's hear it. So Jamie Shaw, who he, I think he kind of started the DJ Wagner parade to UK. And I shouldn't say he started it. A lot of people at UK never thought UK was out of the race for DJ Wagner. But in regards to national analysts, he, in the summer, while UofL was kind of the trendy pick for DJ Wagner, and people were getting excited about him potentially going and playing for Grandpa Pop at the University of Louisville, Jamie Shaw came out and said, no, no, he's going to go to Kentucky. Everybody had it right the first time. I'm 95% sure it's going to happen soon. We're And Roush has had some, you know, he's... I think he also said lately that he was 85% sure that Aaron Bradshaw was going to go to Kentucky, but on his 
on three page, he put it at a 75% confidence level. So people had kind of just been noticing that like numbers and Jamie Shaw weren't always adding up. So after Travis Branham switched his crystal ball from DJ Wagner to Kentucky, Jamie Shaw tweeted and said, I set my expert pick with 95% confidence on July 8th. The same school is now trending for five-star DJ Wagner. Basically just saying like, yeah, everybody's talking about DJ Wagner to Kentucky. Look what I did on July 8th. <laughs> so just kind of boasting, bragging about himself. It uh-huh. happens. You got to do it. If nobody else is going to brag for you, you got to brag yourself. Sure. Travis quote tweets that and says, yeah, and you falsely reported that he was wrapped up and ready to decide for Peach Jam. Then just like you falsely reported he was a done deal to Louisville just two weeks prior. (laughs) And now you're editing those stories from Peach Jam to early signing period. Do, do, do. You all, this is big time. It really is. Like, you know, this in the world of, of, journalism dork fights this is pretty interesting so just your basic call out basically saying like hey you also said he was a done deal to louisville and then you said he was going to commit around peach jam and now you're bragging that you've gotten this one right you've been you've been wrong you were not right you were not right about him going to louisville you weren't right about his timeline committing around peach jam but the biggest one of all is going back and editing your stories to retrospectively make it look like you were correct all along. That is wrong. That is not, like, if you want to toot your own horn and say, hey, on July 8th, I said with 95% confidence he's going to go to UK. Fine. You can you can do, you can hoorah, hoorah, you got that one right. But to go back and edit stories to make it seem like your timeline was right all along, that's shady, Scoots. Well, I just, I just don't even know why he would take the time to do that. That just seems like more work than it's worth for you to be right. Like, how many times in our lifetimes are we wrong? All the time, right? Uh, that's, I mean, especially what he, in that business. That's what he. That's that's the business, though. You're you, you're supposed to be right. You need to be right. And he was trying to pull one over on people, and he got called out for it. Wow, that's juicy. And then he called him out and said, on another one, Jamie Shaw said, Intel, one school is trending for four-star point guard Ty Lore Johnson. Travis Branham quote tweets that and says, it's also a bit coincidental that a login from I am Jamie Shaw came in on 24-7 Pack Pride at 8.34 this morning, and this this was posted nearly 30 minutes later. (laughs) So he's stealing now. So that like is, I think a lot of people don't care because it's the world of journalism, sports recruiting. But in the world of this is this is big. This was like a big, huge takedown. So basically saying that like, hey, you came on our NC State site, you saw the rumblings, the intel posted there. You took that information from twenty four seven to go make your to go make your intel source for this player. I don't know if I see what's wrong with that. I mean, we all get information from other places. Right? Yeah, you know, you're I mean, you're you're spot on. We wouldn't be able to do the radio show without these websites that have stories, obviously. So yes, you're right about that, but I think what he's just saying, I, I think he's just basically saying like you're fraud. You're fraud. Your intel was going to a message board and seeing this stuff and now you're saying 
now you're using that as your intel, quote unquote intel. So they don't think he's taking the right channels, going down the right roads and talking to the right people. He's just finding stuff online and, and using it that way. That's what they're insin- that's what Travis Branham's insinuating to one Jamie Shaw. I don't know if Jamie Shaw ever responded to any of it. Well, that that's guilty as charged then, right? Yeah, it's not a good look, but like what what can you say? Like sure. what do you say what do you say when you get called out for e- editing stories? Yeah, I mean there's nothing you can say when it comes to that. I mean that that once again, I just I don't think that that's worth the trouble. Yeah, I'm. I'm going. I, I don't think he responded to any of it. Unless I mean, I'm, imagine, imagine Roush doing this with his football season predictions. Like last year, he nailed it. This year, he's missed a couple. But what if he goes back into his story and he's like, "Oh, I actually had him losing to South Carolina." If you go back and read, like that's just so dumb. Oh yeah, he'd get he'd get ridiculed to Bolivia, and rightfully so. This just doesn't yeah. seem like it's worth it. I don't know. So Jamie never responded to any of it any of like the accusations or the claims that's not a good look like it really just is not a good look but anyways all the only thing i guess at the end of the day that i really care about is all these experts think uk is going to keep getting awesome players and they all do so wherever the info's coming from whoever's stealing from what whoever's going back and editing what keep it at coming. least it seems like uk is keeping this momentum rolling and big blue madness on friday night from a tv viewing standpoint absolutely stunk it was terrible um, I was told people that were there enjoyed it and the atmosphere in person was pretty good. That's great. I'm fine. Like at the end of the day, I guess that's all that matters. Are the recruits having fun? Are the people in the arena having fun? But they really need to do an overhaul of the broadcast. And I, I, I can think of several easy fixes for starters. No split box. Stop doing freaking split boxes. We don't care. We don't know these players all that particularly well. So when you make the screen smaller and we have to squint to see the players' numbers, which, are again, we already are having a tough time kind of figuring out who's who, that's ridiculous. We don't need split boxes for people just sitting there talking, not doing anything. If you have somebody juggling chainsaws, then, yes, do the split box. If it's somebody just sitting in a chair talking where we are just listening to them, please stop doing the split box. Secondly, Roush called this one and he was right about it. He was like, Yeah, they're gonna they have like five they have five commentators in town. Like they're gonna it's they they've got like five different it, way too much. Just plug in the MC's mic of the actual broadcast and just put that over the TV. Let mm-hmm. the MC be the person like going to commercials and doing that. We don't you you are listening to people talk, but then you're trying to listen to what they're saying in the background on the microphone. It's just made for a terrible, terrible viewing experience. Again, at the end of the day, if it's good in person, that's all that matters. If the recruits like it, that's all that matters. But that was a snoozer of a TV watching experience as it ever could be. I just disagree with you on one thing. If there's somebody juggling chainsaws, do not split screen that. Put that on the full screen because I want to see that. That's that's probably true, yeah. <laughs> but you wouldn't want to watch a little basketball to the left and then see the chainsaws on the right? I mean, if there's chainsaw juggling going on, no. Give me chainsaw juggling. You tell basketball. You, you, we'll, we'll get back to you. I got to watch this dude <laughs> juggling the chainsaws. That's not bad. You're probably right about that. All right, let's get to this Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. The first texture uh, coming probably from after our show on Friday says, Scoots, I actually look forward to following the cards in Eastern Michigan this season because – all I will be thinking about is your bet. That makes two of us, Plumley bro. That's how I'm. Get, I've never been so excited for Eastern Michigan basketball in my entire life. You know, 
KRC, not 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 to brag, we've we've got thousands of listeners, but I do think there's probably going to be like dozens of people scoots that are going to have that same sentiment as that yeah. texture on the Thornton's text line. I know I'm one of them. I know Roush <laughs> is another one. Obviously, you. Obviously, Trevor. We know Rutherford will be involved. This texture's involved. Like people are just going to be probably putting score alerts for Eastern Michigan on their phone <laughs> just to keep tabs on. On, on how they're doing. I know I will be. When did when do they get their season started? That's a great question. I haven't even you know, I haven't even looked into EMU's schedule yet. I don't e- I have no idea who they're even playing this year. It's because you're so confident. I am, yeah. You don't even you, it's it's not even about Eastern Michigan. It's not even about Amoni <laughs> Amoni Bates, right? That's right. <laughs> okay, they play Kevin David Rice. Oh no. <laughs> that's the roster. I thought they were playing a guy named Kevin David Rice. Oh my gosh. Just well, don't, that would be a win. Uh, what can you tell me about Kevin David Rice, by the way? Is he somebody that's expected to get big minutes for the Eagles? This <laughs> I year? have no idea. Okay. I don't I don't know one player on that roster besides Amani Bates, if we're being honest. They looks like they've got uh I don't know when their exhibition schedule ends. Okay, it looks like they're gonna start with Wayne State on November seventh. That's a win. And then they play Michigan that following Friday. Are they gonna beat the Wolverines? No, no, they will not. They have, gonna, tough, scoots, they're they, have gonna, a tough, they have a tough schedule, Scoots. They're going to take some lumps along the way. I have no doubt about it. You know what my ultimate dream for this bet is? I hope that both teams go like, I don't know, 20 and 11, and they meet up in the first round of the tournament. That's that's what I hope happens. I mean, UofL is just not going to make the tournament, though. I know that. But how, how cool would it be if they met up in the first round of the tournament, even number of wins, Winner wins the bet. That would be awesome. I keep looking at the schedule, like looking for the crappy teams, but people kind of forget, like when you are a crappy team, you you, you play good teams. Like yeah, you're like they play at Bradley. They're probably going to lose that game, Scoots. Bradley. No. no. Nobody just That's goes to Peoria, uh, Illinois, and comes away with a win. <laughs> That's a win. Win in my book. Okay. All right. We don't need to go by the game by game schedule <laughs> of Eastern Michigan, but I don't know. I'm starting to get nervous for you. Because U of L, you would think just talent alone should be able to let them cruise past some some bums, but you know why I'm not nervous because Trevor on Friday was trying to say that it was only regular season wins. So I'm not nervous because Trevor doesn't believe his team's going to be playing postseason. Mm. Trevor does seem to be kind of like wiggling out of the bet. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was bringing up all kinds of things on Friday. Like I I think it's only regular season. No, Trevor, we said whole season, the yeah, whole well, season. I can confirm that it was. If one team got to play six postseason games, that counted for them. If the other yep. team only got to play one, then tough taters. That's it. Yeah. A texter says, "Hold on, did Roush steal my John Wall prediction? I think he did. I think John Wall was maybe one of the only alumni not there on Saturday. Oh, he wasn't there. No." Wow. But they, had a, they had Brandon Knight, Tyler Ulis, Nick Richards, Kevin Knox, which was funny because his little brother was there as a recruit. So Did I see Rondo at the football game? Yeah, Rondo, I don't think he was at Big Blue Madness Friday, but he was at the football game on Saturday. Hmm. Working a camera. It looked like he was having a good time. He did, yeah. He could have been a really great defensive back if he wanted to go that route. <laughs> a texter says, we listened to, the, to this show. Why does Shannon... Oh, I think these texts were for another radio show, both of them. That's embarrassing. Not not, not for us. That's okay, though. It happens. A, 
uh, I texted and I just want a reminder of just how much I hated the split box. It was really annoying <laughs> me on Saturday. They were just showing Calipari sit there like in a chair. That was, I mean, that was not good television. I mean, that's exactly what we got when the team was in the Bahamas. You saw Calipari on split screen more than you saw basketball. And I don't get that. Who's like, you know what, I need to see – because he wasn't even coaching. Even in the Bahamas, he wasn't coaching. Right. Like, if, if, if you got a split box on somebody coaching, that's one thing, especially if they're animated, okay. But one, we don't need it for any extended period of time, like, you know, 20 seconds tops. And two – we just don't really need it, all things considered. Like, somebody's got to be pretty animated for us to want to see it. I don't know. Call me old-fashioned, but I generally like just watching the sports content. Like, the well, actual on-court on things. And then don't even get me started on Big Blue Madness. Nothing can take the air out of a place than a dunk contest. It's 2022. We've all seen dunks now. This isn't 1973 where you can get people in a gym that haven't seen somebody throw an alley-oop before. We've all seen it. We've seen it all. We have literally seen it all at least all that we're going to see from collegiate basketball players in the dunk contest. Maybe the best of the best in the NBA will do something that's really, really cool, but odds are they won't even do that. So we definitely don't need to see it at the collegiate level. In the dunk contest, in the dunk contest, in the dunk contest. contest. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. But in terms of showing Cal, I I just don't know why you have to show him just because you're talking about him, you know? Like, you, you can talk about him without having him on screen. I like the three-point con- – I mean, even the three-point contest isn't most, the most riveting thing in the world. We've all seen three-pointers go in. But at least there can be kind of like a, hey, it, it was cool that C.J. Frederick was defending his three-point title. That You don't usually get that continuity in Kentucky basketball over the last decade. I, but I think that aspect's fun. Antonio Reeves dethroned him. Antonio Reeves is your three-point champion. So it was nice. kind of cool, like, you know, that aspect of it. And you can kind of get excited about shooters and whatnot, about – who, who can really stroke it going into the season. But two-on-two uh, two tournament, if you want to really spice this puppy up, two-on-two two tournament's the way to go. And then they have the scrimmage, and it just cuts off just like once they kind of get into the thick of it. What the heck's that all about? They literally, it's like, all right, we get to actually watch these guys run up and down the court, make passes to each other, maybe see a cool dunk in in the exhibition. Uh, maybe see some three-pointers, stuff to get people excited. Nope, we're switching on over to Florida and Missouri volleyball. Seriously? Yeah, I don't know. It may have not been – it may not – but it was an SEC volleyball match. They were just like, all right, we're done. See you later. And that was it. Was the scrimmage over? No, it had just started. <laughs> what? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. That's the literally the best part of any madness. And the, and the scrimmage is usually kind of goofy. They don't play hard. They're not trying to get hurt. It usually just dissolves into an up-and-down dunk contest, which is, again, all the more reason why we don't need another dunk contest, but neither here nor there. Um, That's crazy. Who won the dunk contest? I don't even know. Damian Collins, I think. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That checks out. And his, he, he did a dunk where he jumped over three people – which was impressive. Of course, he like propped his arm up on the first person to give himself a little bit more distance mm. or a little bit more, you know, a little bit more airtime. But it was a cool dunk for a seven footer to be able to to jump that way is impressive. But yeah, the dunk contest just doesn't seem to really do it for most folks. A texter says the blue block central bank logo is back again. Who designed and approved that? It's awful. That's from Artie. Yeah, Artie, we've been talking about that for a few seasons. While everybody whined about checkerboard for years and years on end, 
that that is the worst thing Kentucky basketball has going for right now, whatever that stupid logo is. So that's uh that's terrible. Looks like it's back for another year. I'm pretty sure they said last season was supposed to be its last, but here we are again. It's back for another year. Looks really, really bad. Can't wait to hear about it all season. Yo, TJ, did Travis Branham just body bag a Roush co-worker? I can't keep up. It it certainly seems that Travis Branham went for the went for the throat and did not come up short. I mean, that is was, it a coincidence we have not heard from Shaw? That was a takedown. It was a takedown. And yeah, if is that the way to play it if you're Shaw? I, I agree with you, Scoots. Isn't that just kind of him waving the white flag? Yep. It is. That's a little concerning. How in the name of Christ do we not have anyone better than DeAndre Buford? Probably a Roush question, but I thought ultimately when you look at uh, when you looked at every, everything Kentucky did on Saturday offensively, the second half is what I think the expectation should be. Against a good defense, a top 25 team, if the offense can do what they did there in that second half, they should be able to do what they did there in that second half. That should be the norm. I, thought the, offense, I thought the offensive line, despite their shortcomings, played really, really hard, and I thought they fought. And again, you know, you kind of tell on yourself a little bit with stuff like this. When we saw that second-half performance, and Kentucky put up 24 points, and that's that's good. That's, that's a really good half against Mississippi State's defense. But the offensive line, if you can do that against them for that effort, for that 30 minutes, then you can you can do it. You can do it. Like you can do enough for Chris Rodriguez to have a good game. We've seen it now. So go out there and do more of it. Yeah, and you talk about the offense of the second half. Where did that start? Chris Rodriguez. Yeah. Just give him the ball. It does answer our questions though, and we need to go to our last break. But the questions we had throughout the first four weeks. Will it really? Will, is there anywhere for even him to run? Does it even matter if you do change running backs? The offensive line is struggling. Blah 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 blah. But we have our answer. It does matter. Yep. Chris Rodriguez is a bad bad dude on the football field. He is tough to bring down. He's a tough runner, and there's a lot to uh, there's a lot to love watching him play. But yeah, just feed that guy the rock, and the offensive line can do enough. But that second half performance, you get that offense, it can. Beat Tennessee, as crazy that is to say. I, again, I know Tennessee just put 52 points up on Alabama. Let's let's slow our roll a little bit. I, I'm I'm saying this from a cautious standpoint, but if you have that second half performance that Kentucky had, you mix it with the defensive performance from the entire game, that can beat good teams. That can beat some really good teams. So worth getting excited about. Let's go to our last break. We'll come back. We'll finish up the Thornton's text line. Don't go anywhere. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X. Roll Call. I'm looking for Kentucky Roll Call. What do you know about Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush? Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 1450 AM. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. Appreciate you spending it with us, listening to Kentucky Roll Call and texting in to the Thornton's text line. Thornton's, remember to download that app. 
Gas prices on the rise, but at Thornton's, you can save money each and every time you go to the pump if you have that Thornton's app, and also will save you plenty of money on goodies inside the store. Sometimes buy one, get one. You never really know what kind of special you're going to find on the Thornton's app. Shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper. Also want to tell you about our friends at Shady Rays. You know about them. ShadyRays.com. Amazing selection. Polarized sunglasses. These look like the designer brands, but you're not paying that price, and you get a lot of nice perks. One, each and every time you buy Shady Rays, you're helping feed hungry folks in America, all throughout the country. That's always a good cause. And secondly, you're going to get 30-day money-back guarantee. You don't like what you get, you can go ahead. I think the food still, the the food stuff, even if you get your money back, they still, the, the meals stay. So don't, so if you end up not liking what you get or it doesn't turn out, don't worry. Don't think that just because you do the money-day guarantee, they're not going to do the food donation. That That's, that's safe. But if you don't like your sunglasses or they don't look good on your head for whatever reason, they you have 30 days. They'll just you'll see a, re, a total refund, no harm, no foul. Now, if you do like them and you like them a little too much, that after a month, two months, you find yourself wearing them all the time and they end up breaking, well, they're going to go ahead and give you a free replacement pair. Small, I shouldn't say free, a small processing fee, but it will certainly seem free. Your initial order, whether you bought five sunglasses, ten sunglasses, if you want them all replaced. They do the replacement pair promise. The only company I know that does anything like that. Really cool move from Shady Rays. And do not forget the promo code Big X, 25% off at checkout. You know, that was the that was low-key the worst part of my weekend as I left my Shady Rays at my sister's house. Oh. But it led to a cute picture because she put them on my niece and then sent me the picture later letting me know that I forgot my glasses. No, that that's a cute picture. That's great. Well, good. Uh, I had mine out on the golf course. They're 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 quality sunglasses, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I had to wear my backup set yesterday to work, and not even close to the same. Yeah, well, next time you order Shady Rays, get yourself a few backup pairs. That would have been a good call for those prices. You may as well. There's no re- and you know you get them for you get the replacement pair, so you could have sunglasses for the next three years, Scoots, if you play your cards right, buddy. That's right. Anything that's on your brain over the weekend? That uh, Tennessee-Alabama game was just an amazing college football game. I know we all hate Tennessee, and we were all probably a little bummed to see the final outcome, but that was an amazing atmosphere. The goalpost came down. I will say it's really embarrassing that Tennessee is asking for donations for the goalposts. They they need new goalposts for Saturday to be able to play their game at home, and I guess like the process of getting new ones put in is really expensive and hard to do. But Tennessee, you're better than that. You made millions upon millions upon millions upon millions with that win on Saturday. Like you can fund your own goalposts, okay? So Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, did you see where they like took the goalposts? Did you did you follow along with any they of that on Saturday? Threw it in the river? Is that they right? Threw it in the river. Like what if, the hell? Seriously, what the hell? I agree. If I'm part of that goalposts and hopefully it was mostly students, I'm sure some older folks got involved with it at some point. But if I'm a student and I'm involved in that, hey, can we break this bad boy up? Uh, like, does anybody have a saw on them, a power saw, a, any power tools in your tailgate? Because you want you you want a piece of that bad boy. Yep. Like, I'm trying to break that bad boy up as much as possible, so everybody can get a little piece of it. What's it? What's it? What good does it do in the river for anybody? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> like, oh, let's take that. Let, let's get this back to campus. Uh, let's get this 
to whoever whoever let's just cut this thing up in a, in a thousand pieces and let everybody have a little souvenir from probably what will go down as their favorite football game maybe of their lifetimes. I mean, Tennessee fans will talk about that game for decades and decades to come. And it was pretty crazy. I mean, who drops 52 points on Alabama in regulation? And then just for it, the way that it kind of went back and forth there at the end was, was pretty incredible. That was a really good football game. So we hate Tennessee. uh, They're, they're, they're good this year. Three, three things. If Tennessee needs goalposts for this weekend so badly, I know where they can find theirs. Um, second thing, when I was doing the midway game on Saturday, there were all kinds of people watching the game on their phone and the PA announcer, he was even given score updates from time to time on the game. And I'll never forget when he said the final, then that Tennessee had won one of the refs on the field, literally just throws both of his arms in the air and celebration. <laughs> it was, it was pretty comedy. I've never seen a ref react to anything. The PA guy says, so that was a good time. And then third, Imagine if that happened for basketball games. Like, after the watch shot, Indiana students just picking up the goal and taking it out of the gym. Like, why does that happen in football, but it doesn't happen in basketball, you know? And just imagine if it did. Well, it hardly happens in football nowadays because they have the breakaway field right. goal post. But what happened at Tennessee is, like, they overwhelmed. the, the They were just, like, they were demanding that the goalposts were going to come down. Yeah. So there was uh, – and then also the way that the game ended, last-second play, you didn't have a lot of time to be able to get everything all set up the way you needed to. So you don't see it – you don't see the actual goal, goalpost. You see court – or you see court stormings in basketball. You sure do. But you see field stormings in football a lot. But you don't see the goalposts come down all that often anymore because it is so expensive – and teams just want to avoid that at all costs. But yeah, I, I, that would be that. I, I guess the equivalent would be the whole basketball goal. goal. <laughs> yeah, but it is kind of interesting. You don't get like, hey, let's somebody put me up on my on the shoulders and let me take down these nets. Yeah, or like, give me a screwdriver. Let's unscrew this rim real quick. Yeah, give me the I'm taking the rim with you, or let's just shatter the glass. Like, really turn it. <laughs> everybody gets a piece. Yeah, the, the, everybody gets uh, a couple pieces in their feet, and then you get a few that you get to take home with you in your pockets as well. So everybody comes away a winner there. Right, let's continue on with the Thornton's text line, but Scooch with Roush out. Anything that's on your mind, you let it rip, buddy. Okay, I got you. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I had for today. So a texture says. If what Rich Brooks is saying is right, Will Levis is done for the year. He's not coming back from an AC joint injury. I didn't see what Rich Brooks said, if we're being honest. But Will came back in the game after his injury, right? Yeah, he said he talked. He said he went and went back. He was wearing a sling in the post game, but said he went back, got a shot, which I think we can only imagine. What uh, you know, one of the feel good shots makes you feel makes you feel good for the body. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think Rich Brooks is privy to the injury news. So I, I wouldn't imagine. He, yeah, and secondly, I don't. I don't know where he said that, but I could have missed it. I will say that Will Levis is a tough dude, and he made some throws on Saturday where you can see why NFL teams are going to love that guy. His throw that he had to Rashawn Lewis. That, that there was four Mississippi State defenders there in the area. And that was one of those times where you're glad that he put so much zip on the ball. But he did. It was a great throw. Uh, Dane Key was kind of trying to run, like, I think a little bit of a pick route. But then they kind of got – I don't think Dane Key ended up where he was supposed to be on that play, and the pick route didn't really work. So it was a hell of a play by, by Levis. And it was a good catch as well by Lewis. But 
Um, he made some really nice throws, some big plays. Like I mentioned, when the offense needed to respond in the second half, they did pretty much every time if Mississippi State came back and scored. After that idiotic pick six, you know, UK just always seemed to have an answer. And a lot of that, it's great to be able to hand it off to 24, but when number seven needed to make plays himself, he answered the call as well. And you know he's doing it while he is not probably anywhere close to 100%. So he's banged up, he's hurt, um, but I wouldn't take Rich Brooks' medical advice to heart. Bye week couldn't come as a better time. We'll let us get healthy, UK get as healthy as possible, and go into playing somewhat with house money in that Tennessee game. You go up there, maybe you can ruin their season, get one of the bigger upsets in this rivalry. Uh, or Tennessee does what they're supposed to do. You hopefully come up short. Hopefully you don't come up short, but if you do lose, hopefully it's a close game and the number three team in the country gets you on their home field. That 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 shouldn't be a season ender for the Caps. Yeah. A texter says, fourth and two, a chance to seal the game, and you call a screenplay to number 10, who is Chauncey Magwood. He's had a good season. Yeah, I mean, but you would think, hey, let's go to Berrien, let's go to Dane let's tight ends have been good. It was fourth and two. You could always go to Chris Rodriguez if need be. It was, it was a interesting play. Like, again, I don't like the play call because it was only a one option play. Like you were throwing that ball or you were holding onto it yourself and getting sacked or having to run yourself. Although I would have liked for him to run, but he didn't even look to run because it was just a one option play. Like I mentioned, you make that throw. He could get tackled, be short. It was fourth down. It was just a bad play call. Um, and, and this won't be the last time we talk about it because somebody else brings it up as we go on. So I'll wait for that text. All that matters is that Tennessee game. I hope we ruin their dream season. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun. Could be a lot of fun. And Tennessee is going to be looking ahead to that Georgia game. And you, you, it, it may not be the worst time for the Cats to get them. If that game's close, it'll be a lot of fun, which I anticipate it will be close. I think it could be close. I, I really do. I, I think... I think it'll all be on UK's offense, though. I think UK is going to have to be able to put up some points. They're, I think Kentucky's probably going to have to put up 30 points. I think the defense could play really, really good, and Tennessee's still going to get a lot of touchdowns. So the offense needs to be able to answer the call. All you're going to have to hope you're going to have to hope the defense can do enough. And for even if the defense doing enough, again, that's still probably 30 points for UK's offense. So, but we'll, we have plenty of time to talk about that game. Uh, Texter says that the. The Tayshawn Manning play at the end might be the funniest thing I've seen in years. Well done, big fella. Second, if you didn't see that, Manning flopped. There was some pushing and shoving after. Oh, I did see that, yeah. There was pushing and shoving after a play. Uh, He was involved in the pushing and shoving, but he wasn't the last one involved. And he got pushed, and it was as Grayson Allen would be embarrassed by this (laughs) flop. It was a terrible flop, but uh, it was funny to see. Pretty sure it got the penalty. relatively i feel good about that um but hey you got to do what you got to do that was funny to see the texter goes on and says second whoever keeps playing don't stop believing during and after games pisses me off and needs to get a new gig we're a top 20 program act like it hashtag we are uk and we already believe that we're better than that yeah you can always be a little critical of the music at, at the Krogue. the music i heard in the background of the broadcast they were getting it they played they play Grove Street Party near the end of the game. I liked hearing that, so it was fun. Yeah, you got it. You got to get Grove Street Party in there. A texture says LFG. That must have been right after the game ended. 
Another texture says, I'll say this about Coach Skang tonight. He called some dumb plays, but he didn't make Levis think as much as he has in previous games. I agree with that. Played with a bit more tempo. I agree with that, and I think it helped everyone. With an injured QB1, good to see him give it to Chris Rodriguez. Other than the one fourth down play, if we line up on fourth and one or two from now on, give it to 24, please. I like being kind of versatile with your fourth down calls, but uh, I just hated that the one the one screenplay option I didn't like. Yeah, again, there were specific play calls I wasn't crazy about on Saturday, but I think the overall offensive scheme and game plan was the best they've had all season. Uh, and it doesn't hurt, Scoots, when you can give Chris Rodriguez the ball literally 30 times. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the texter. If if it's fourth and one, fourth or two, well, don't mess around with anything else. We talked about it in the preseason before the season even started. Like, Rodriguez is going to give you four or five yards every carry. Just give it to him. A texter says, how's that not neutral zone anymore? I'm not sure exactly which place specifically. Why fight for a foot there? Situational football, we're just dumb. Yeah, again, I'd have to – not sure exactly which play. Will Levis is tough as hell. Yes, he is, says one texter. Another texter says, big weekend, all dubs on the gambling. Really felt shaky about the game and my picks, so I went light this week. Should have gone big, but this is a good run. Right away. Way Come go, on. Texter. Yeah, everybody loves good gambling weekends. We give them criticism, but let's give them some love. How about the farting offensive line? Yeah, they were tough. They, they did a really – good job on Saturday in that second half and it was fun to see felt like the big blue wall is maybe not as bluest or biggest but you're starting to see uh it's not you can't just penetrate right through it anymore texture on the Thornton's text line says catching the Tennessee after a much needed bye week and the week before they played Georgia is the perfect spot to pull an upset hoping it's also a noon game on ESPN instead of 730 on SEC Network uh, yeah, Kentucky fans need to be treated with some some noon some noon games, some non night games, especially yeah. as the weather's going to start get colder. October, we get it. You don't want to you don't want to compete with Keeneland, and that's fine. But those seven thirty games, my buddy, who they'll take their time after the game. They don't rush to get back as much as I normally do. He didn't get home though till like after one thirty on Saturday. Driving that's just too late. That's too late. So. Uh, hopefully, and I know that one is in Knoxville, so who knows what time that will be at. And I don't care so much about road games. They can be night. But if I want to go to the games, I, I don't want to get home after midnight, ideally. But what can you do, I suppose? 48-yarder right down the middle. Our opponents never miss field goals. And then we came back and promptly missed one. Yeah, the opponents are having good field goal percentage against the Cats. Field goal defense, be better. Oh, God. <laughs> also, UK almost had a PAT blocked. Mississippi State just coming off the left edge. I still feel a little shaky about special teams. And is Barry and Brown the best special teams player that never was? Let that dude find the end zone and let it stand. Or not let him get tripped by his own guy. Or right. uh, I feel horrible for that guy. It'll he'll he'll be okay. He'll he's got he got one this year. He'll get his payoff, but should have been another one. That was a that was great. Brad White masterclass defense was mwah, that was awesome. Really good. Mississippi State, which can put up points, especially what they did the UK last year. To come back and and basically say, hey, I hope you weren't planning on having a rushing game today because you're not going to. And then secondly, nothing came easy for Rodgers, who picked apart UK's defense. So credit to the just all-around fun game. I really wish Kentucky would have ran it up on them, though. You had, a, you had a chance to win 34-17. to 17. You could say you doubled up a top-25 team. It would have been great. 
Also, UK only moving up three spots. That's baloney. Give me it a is baloney. Yeah, it, it should have. They should be like number fifteen or sixteen right now. They have two losses on the year. One, granted, was a really bad loss, but I don't know. It's almost like you didn't have your quarterback in that game. And then the other loss was a game that you totally blew on the road to a top ten team. Like that. Put a little more respect on the cast. Speaking of rankings, next texter says Kentucky is number one in Ken Palm's preseason rankings. Woohoo! We did it. Although we boycott Pen, uh, Ken Palm until he says no tournament expansion. No tournament mm-hmm. expansion. We don't want that. Scoots, if you were to win the bet, would you prefer Venmo or cold hard cash? Uh, cash for sure. Doesn't really make a difference to me, but yeah, cash is always nice. I mean, I- it's just less, it's less. It's more easy for cash because I don't have to transfer it over from Venmo to my account. Just put it in my account or spend it. Life is so much easier when you have Austin McGinnis kicking field goals. Yeah, but hey, Cats responded, made some field goals after that. And that one that was missed was a 51-yarder, and I thought it was in. But one thing I've really noticed this game is how good of teammates everyone is for each other. For instance, when Ruffalo kept struggling and missing field goals, his self-confidence was extremely low. Chris Rodriguez was always there cheering him on, telling him to keep his head up. Also, Will constantly always encouraging his team every play. We're not only have some good players, but good kids. Ah, oh, that makes you feel good at night, too. <laughs> now, that, again, you know, I'm not one for, like, the hoorah-rah, the energy was better, people were helping each other up, but... Uh, I think it's just a product when you're winning and things are going well, you're having fun and things look good when things aren't going well, it can make for a sluggish sideline, but they, they seem excited for what you get to tell from television on Saturday. This texter is pretty, pretty well what I said at the beginning of the show. Contrary to most, I actually don't think it was crazy bad decision by Stoops to just go ahead and kick the field goal. Yes, it was conservative, but if for whatever reason, Will were to get sacked or throw a pick, not getting points going into half would have been absolutely detrimental to the game. I think I think we're all going to look back at it in hindsight, and it ends up not mattering. But in that game where you had zero points at half, all the more reason why six or seven would have felt so huge if you were able to capitalize on it. I, I just strongly disagree, um, but there's more on that text later on, so we'll get back to that. Will the Packers make the playoffs? I think they will, but they've got a lot yes. to figure out along the way. So you got some easy games against Bears and Lions, but uh, yeah. well, maybe not so easy if you're losing to the Jets and the Giants. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Giants are a solid team. I don't Giants know are good, yeah. I don't know why, but I wouldn't say good, but they're solid. Look at y'all doubting our Steelers, Nick and Scoots. Yep, I doubted them. No doubt. It takes more than great hair and some too long mouth kissers with your family to beat the black and yellow. Talking about Tom it. Brady. He, he kisses uh, his kids on the lips. Gotcha. Be a real shame if Tennessee overlooked a solid UK team at home this week before a massive game. Next week. The week before a massive game, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I like the setup of the Cats game. In a perfect world, it'd be like this week. It'd be after Alabama. It, UK'd be sandwiched between Alabama and Georgia, but uh, UK needs the bye despe- desperately. I didn't leave my wife and kids to be losing to Kenny Pickett at half. That was from Barstool, so I think it was just a joke from Barstool. Yeah, they got me. John here, good morning to all. Hey, good luck to Roush and the family. Nothing but P's and T's coming your way. I was glad to see the Cats were victorious over the weekend. I was extremely impressed with Levis playing on Saturday. Still not 100%, still played pretty darn good. If the NFL draft was today, where do you believe Mr. Levis would be drafted? I believe top five overall. We'll got to go talk to you later. 
I think top five would be a foregone conclusion. John, I noticed you didn't mention the Chiefs, weirdly enough. Um, just kidding. <laughs> that was a fun game to watch. was fun. But I, I think easily top five, and I would just go ahead and say number one, John. I think NFL teams are going to fall in love with that dude. Josh here. Oh, wow. Hey, Josh. I work in banking, and the guy did an absolute right thing. Cancel now. If it's a debit card, that's a direct link to your liquid assets. There you have it. From a banker himself. Okay. If he says so. I don't know if it was a debit or a credit card, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd probably, get, you'd probably be okay with it, though. Like, waiting an hour. Also, congrats, Roush family. UK didn't have any timeouts left at the end of the first half. Well, they wasted the timeout on the Levis run play, which I didn't hate the run play. It didn't really work as much as they thought. I think they thought it would. But then they burned their timeout. Then they didn't have any. There was two. There was nine seconds left. Third down. I just run a play. Uh, Texter says, TJ, I wanted to thank you for the tickets. I had a great time. My neighbors to the left, right, and front in the bag were perfect neighbors. Um, they spoke very highly of you. Had a great time. I'm really happy that you guys are on every morning. I look forward to listening to you every day. It was a special treat. Glad you enjoyed it. They said they enjoyed your company as well. So glad it all worked out. Uh, glad you had fun. Go Cats. At the end of the half, UK had no timeouts. So they had to burn their last one to avoid a 10-second runoff. Another false start or procedure penalty kills the half. That's not necessarily true because um, the clock would have been stopped, so you wouldn't have had to do the 10-second runoff. Now, if they had ran a play and the clock was running for whatever reason then and there was an injury, then there could have been a 10-second runoff. But with a dead clock, UK could have had a false start and been okay because um, the clock was not running at that time. So, again, you needed to run a play there, try to throw it to the end zone. I think you would have had like a 5%, a 10% success rate on it, but you still roll those dice in that situation. It was a free play. It was a free shot at the end zone, and they elected to not take it. It was, it was not the right decision. Now you all have to do is return to Kentucky Thrones Radio, the House of Dragon version. In the words of Jalen and Jacoby, give the people what they want. That's a Roush thing. That's, just, that's on your buddy Roush. P, on a side note, haven't watched Kentucky lose a game in person in two years. I'm just saying. Oh, wow. Get, get to the Krogue. Got to get you there for that Georgia game. Going to need Scoots to at least watch game, watch the games while Roush is away because TJ doing a slow, low show recapping the game is making Monday morning even more sleepy. Wow. We just had to bust into the Thornton Stacks line. You're, you're boring. That's what they're saying. I'm all right with that. Uh, we do miss Roush on football game days for sure. Oh, yeah. I would have, I would have enjoyed seeing his analysis of, of, of Saturday. This is from Robert. Hey, Robert. Hope you're doing well. Levis has to know the defender is going to jump that route. He just has to. And that's the second or third time he's done that exact same thing. The coaching did him no favors on that play calling. It was idiotic nonetheless. He's got to see that coming and make changes either at the line of scrimmage or during the course of the play. Robert, the only thing is during the course of the play, like if he does, it's the, the hard part for Levis is a doing that is just admitting that you're getting a turnover on downs. Yes, that's better than a pick six. Yes, it, it'd be nice in a perfect world to know, like, hey, if I mess up on this throw, it's a house call the other way. I do agree with you that Levis shouldn't make that throw in that situation. It was a tough spot. It, you know, you didn't see the guy just sitting there waiting on it or jumping the route, but it was just bad play call. Bad play call, don't like it, bad execution. Uh, in a perfect world, yeah, Levis is better in that spot, but all or it was just set up to fail. That whole thing was a fail of the play. 
which is a bummer because you could have put the the game away on that possession. Instead, the game was very much hanging in the balance after that. Roush gets ridiculed on Twitter every day. He should be used to it by now. True. Do you guys who do you guys like tonight in Monday Night Football? I'm a sucker because I keep betting the Broncos, but I'm I'm taking the points in the Broncos. So, give me the give me the Chargers. Fade away if need be, but uh, four and a half just seems like too many. So. Um, I'm, I, I think eventually, and there's no such thing as home field advantage in Los Angeles either, so that's always something to remember. Uh, but give me, go ahead and give me the points. I don't know if the Broncos will win, but I think it'll be a, a close game. A texter says, Jacob Toppin won the dunk contest. See, shows what I know. I thought Jacob missed his first dunk. How did he win when he missed? Like, I thought he didn't even put up a score in his first dunk. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Controversy. And we need the judges to be much more harsh. Like, Let's see some ones and twos out there. Let's we don't not everything needs to be like a, a bottom of the basement six. Under a minute. A texter says, uh, who do you guys do we feel we can score enough points to beat Tennessee? My concern after watching Tennessee versus Alabama is Tennessee beat Bama by play calling while watching the game in person, thanks to roll call. Mississippi State missed some wide open deep balls, especially when the trips stack set. So I don't know if I missed all those deep balls, but again, I was at a wedding. Um yeah, that that's going to be the interesting part. But we got a we got a long time to talk about that Kentucky Tennessee game. Love that they played. You make my dreams come true at the end of the game Saturday night. Obviously, because of the Levis video that went viral a couple weeks ago. We need the twelve game for the Tennessee game. Take the drunk fan out of it. I heard Tennessee fans were so nasty to Alabama fans over the weekend. That's obviously a rivalry game. But sheesh, leash. Stoops jumped down Scangarello's throat over the Levis QB draw run. But Rick explained Levis audible. 